Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Um, You can follow along in your bulletin. He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This I tell you, this man went home to, went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. One of my Old Testament professors at Luther Seminary, Mark Thrombite, made this observation one day in class about how people received communion, or at least how he received communion over the days, over the years. He said it used to be that people would come to communion rather meekly, maybe even somewhat afraid. They wouldn't even look at the minister as they handed them the bread. They may even just meekly go like this or maybe even just open their mouth like a little bird. And they would receive the bread and the cup and they would meekly go back to their seats. And then he said that today, in our modern time, people kind of joyously go to communion. They might skip down the aisle as they get ready to receive the bread, and they joyously receive the bread and the cup, and they skip back to their seats. But there was going to be a day, he he said, when people would bound down the aisle full of self-righteousness, towards the minister. And the minister now was the one that was meek. He would meekly, fearfully, hand over the bread to the congregate as if 
the minister was feeding a, a tiger and was going to have his hand bitten off. And the congregant would snatch the bread and take a swig from the cup and bound back down to the aisle to their seat. Now, this got a chuckle from the class. And I can't really remember what the, the context of this, but that story has stuck in my brain. And I think the reason it's stuck in my brain is because of, of the, the reminder of how pride can really seep into our faith. Pride, and when I mean here pride is more arrogance or hubris, is tricky. Because it can seem to everyone, including the person involved, like humility or devotion. It can look like you're doing good, and in some ways you are doing good. But the problem is there is still that problem of the self. You can't get out, you can't get yourself out of the way. The problem with this text, this parable that Jesus is saying in Luke, is that many of us have heard it before. So many of us already know and have it in our minds that the Pharisee is the bad guy and the tax collector is the good guy. And so we, ironically, we'll look at this text, we hear this story, and we walk away telling ourselves without a hint of irony, I am so thankful I'm not like that Pharisee. And we weren't really listening to that story. So I want you to imagine being in the crowd for the, hearing this story as Jesus tells it for the first time. And when he introduces the Pharisee, we would not see him as prideful. We would not basically see him as a jerk. We would see him probably as an upstanding member of the community. You have to remember that while in the Gospels, the Pharisees kind of served as a foil to Jesus, they were, were truly considered basically the keepers of tradition. They were the righteous people, especially trying to keep the faith alive, especially during a time of Roman occupation. The tax collectors, on the other hand, were never seen as good people. They were tasked with collecting the taxes for the empire. Now, normally, even in our own time today, no one likes the tax man. I don't see very many people saying they love the IRS. But you also have to understand that the tax collectors were not simply just collecting taxes. They were seen as collaborators to the Roman Empire. So they were working with the government. So that didn't put them in good stead already. On top of that, they were allowed to collect a little bit more than the tax. And of course, probably because there wasn't a whole lot of government oversight, the tax collectors probably had sometimes collected way more than what was uh, supposed to be given to the state. So there was a whole lot of corruption. 
So the tax collector in this story was considered a crook and a traitor. So when this story starts, the crowd already knows who they think is the good guy and who is the bad guy. And when the Pharisee loudly proclaims that he is not like the tax collector and he ticks off all the things that he's done, people are nodding their heads in approval. And then we hear from the tax collector. And he's probably in the outer part of the temple because he probably can't even get inside. He's probably considered tainted. And he can't even bear to look up towards heaven. And the way that Jesus tells this story, you can imagine the tax collector is burdened with shame. He doesn't tick off any accomplishments because he doesn't have any. And he knows that he cannot cover up the mess that he's made, the sins that he has committed. All he can do is say, have mercy on me, a sinner. And this is where Jesus lowers the boom. To the shock of everyone, it is the tax collector and not the Pharisee that goes home justified before God. Think that you, again, are sitting here. You've not heard this story before. You think you know what the story is all about, and Jesus throws in this twist. God favors the traitor over the Pharisee. One of the things, the other things that I remember from seminary is this phrase, in curvatus in se. It's Latin. It means curved in on oneself. Martin Luther used that phrase to talk about human nature, how much our human nature is very sinful. So much so, so sinful that even the good that we do is tainted with sin. He says, Scripture describes man as so curved in upon himself that he uses not only physical, but even spiritual goods for his own purposes, and in all things seeks only himself. So we can do good things. We can do things to help people, and we can still be filled with pride and hubris. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans, I under do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the thing, very thing I hate. This parable reminds me sometimes of those, story, those signs that you may see at times. It's kind of the we believe signs. You've seen them. This, it sometimes starts like, in this house we believe. And it lists a lot of things, such as Black Lives Matter or... Um, no human is illegal, uh, science is real, love is love. And all these things are important things, so I'm not saying anything to put those things down. But it's hard not to see that as a sense of, look at all the good that I'm doing. Look how great I am. A sense of pride, a sense of hubris. It's showing off that we are righteous folk and that we're not like those other people. 
And even though those are good things to support, it is also showing our own sense of importance. I think it's hard. We are called to be a just people, to do justice, and to love mercy. But we are also flawed and sinful human beings, which means that sometimes we just can't get out of the way. We want to show others that we're good people, but in doing so, we become arrogant. No matter how much we try, we can sin even in the midst of doing good. And that's why the tax collector's response is so compelling. He can't excuse his sin because it is so apparent. He sees himself as he is, and he knows that there is nothing that he can do to make up for his sin, because his sin is great. All he can do is rest on the grace of God and ask for mercy. And when he says, have mercy on me, a sinner, he isn't saying he can't make things, he is saying that he can't make things right. He's saying that he deserves God's wrath, but he pleads for mercy, which we learn in the end is given to him, not because of who he is, but because of who God is. The communion table reminds us that we are not perfect. It should deflate our pride, our contempt for others, and show us the truth of who we are. We are sinners. We fall short. Communion reminds us that we are always, always in need of God's grace and mercy. We can only rely on the grace of Jesus. The contemporary Christian singer Amy Grant wrote, uh, well, not wrote, but sang a song back in the late 1980s called What About the Love? If you ever find a chance to look at the lyrics, I would suggest that you do that. And it focuses on all of the sins of how humans treat each other so cruelly. And so, as I said, it was written in the late 80s, so it reflects a lot of the controversies going on at that time of, of televangelists, of, of greed, of neglect of the elderly. And after she lists all of these sins that have been going on, the final verse has the, the singer saying that they feel pretty good compared to all of these other sinners. But the song shows kind of, as she's looking into the mirror, her reflection points back at her, accusing her. And it says, who named you accuser and who gave you the scales? And she responds by hanging her head in shame and she says, I could almost feel the, the nails. And it concludes, this is how it is to be crucified and judged without love. Looking back at the story that Professor Frombeit said, I'm reminded in some ways, none of us have the right or deserve 
communion. None of us. We are all judged. In some ways, we are not worthy. We don't necessarily need to come down, coming to this feeling meek or lowly, but we do need to come being honest. We need to come being thankful to partake in Christ's meal. We partake in Christ's meal not because of what we do, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. At the end of the day, we are both the Pharisee and the tax collector. We may do good, but we are still sinful. We still fall short. At the end of the day, we can only rest in God's mercy. So may the prayer of the tax collector be our prayer at communion and also during our lives in this world. Thanks be to God. We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey.